I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We are going? Hello, hello, hello. No Jane, huh? No Jane. All right, we have problems, she and I. Fuck right off. But hey, we are into the next chunk. Poor Jane, our recording lady. She's just our little assistant that doesn't show up nine, 999% of the time. Okay, but we have to go get into this because I liked this chunk a lot. Yeah, let's do it. There's stuff. Okay, because so we left off last week where Moody like weirdly shut the door on Harry and kind of like mysteriously kind of glared at him almost while he was doing it. Yeah, very, very strange, slow door close moment kind of weird but um i said this leaves harry alone and i said the ambiguously located dumbledore's office (laughs) we're back we're back back. it moves it's magic (laughs) it's fine i said you know what here's the thing i'm never mad at it i don't care i just want to be in dumbledore's office no absolutely i do still love his office it's like both serene and eerie at the same time which, I mean, ultimately, I think is a great reflection of him. Like, he has yes. a very calming presence. Um, but you have questions. But he's also, yeah, he's also hugely mysterious. So you... I, I think that, yeah. Yeah. His office reflects that always. I love it. Also, he does, so like we said last week, he kind of offers uh, Harry one of the liquor snaps. He said, but they're a little, a wee bit sharp or whatever. I said, I don't think I've ever actually clocked how cool this candy holder is with, like, the dragon handles. The what handles? Okay, you know what? We're not going to keep doing this. Like, well, actually, we might every season. The we will. Um, reptile winged creatures. Are they I, like, I think that's what it is, yes? No idea. I fully didn't notice it. Noticed it? Noticed it. Because I am too distracted by the creepy leech things that are... Mm. Like, licorice is gross enough on its own. Why is candy mean in the wizarding world? I don't... <laughs> This and is not the only licorice. kind of ca- candy that's mean. Like, why? Why is that of? a thing? Birdie bots every flavor beans. Oh yeah, I, this actually just brought me back to um, the chocolate frogs. You can yeah. eat it, but it might escape you. Yeah, but it might jump away. Yeah. Yeah. Too distracted by them, like the giant teeth on these pieces of candy. I don't, I don't like these fucking little licorice snap things. I don't like them at all. They remind me, again, we're right back to Grindylows. I don't like tiny creatures <laughs> that can bite. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, they're I horrifying. Don't like them. Didn't need it. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they go all gremlin slash pixies on him again, like Grindylows, and attack him. Um, but I guess this is all just so Harry can bump into the cabinet where the pensieve is. Oh, yeah. It's just a setup yeah. to reveal the, the pensieve. 100%. Yeah. So then the cabinet, I don't think it really fully realized before it moves outwards yeah it's a it's a full-on reveal moment we love a reveal <laughs> we do a dramatic one and a stone there's a lot of stone slab moving i feel like in the harry potter movies it is reminiscent of the chamber of secrets opening that's what i'm thinking of yes something very old and ancient coming for sure about. okay maybe that's what thank you that helps me um prince of his head so then Harry decides to prod the surface of the pensieve as he sees it. He, he kind of looks around at the mirrors, which I feel like you blew my mind when you're like, the mirrors help you see things at different angles. Oh, yeah, shit. It's, I, I think it's a really clever piece of scenic design there. Um, Never put and that together. I, if this had been how the pensieve was 
if it remained this way, I would have been I would have been so happy with that. I always oh. like imagined in my mind that it was something small, like a small basin that can be picked up and carried around. Um, don't like I was fine with I hate the flying saucer. <laughs> right. That's the part that we kind of go, no, don't. Don't know. Especially when he like picks up and throws it. Then I'm even more like, what the fuck? When anyway. Uh, movie six. He like sends it flying over to his desk so they can sit at his desk. Oh God. Yeah, no, I don't like that. I like I like it being in a thing with the ancient. Okay. Yeah. It's supposed to have ruins on the outside. Ruins. Uh huh. Ruins and jewels and carvings and all that shit. Kind of like the Goblet of Fire we talked about. It was like a little too. No. <laughs> yeah. Not quite. Mm. You were, no. you were real close, though. Did some great detail. So, yeah, so then Harry prods the surface of the pensieve. It's like an image formed on the surface, which is fine. I thought this was fine. But what I didn't yeah, like. Yeah, this was fine. I, didn't I know like, what you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. We don't see Harry's face, like, dip down and his nose touch the surface. That makes him fall into it. Helps him. He's just falling backwards. I'm like, wait. It's odd. It's odd. It's an odd way to transition into this. I, I don't. I'm not entirely mad at it, but I guess what I got mad about was then, like, once he is falling down to the seat, I go, I'm sorry, what is this inception area, like, fall, <laughs> where, like, all of a sudden, the, it's, like, such a tall tunnel that he's falling down. I'm like, is this inception? Like, we just I mean, created a new building? That didn't bother me so much, because in the books, they do describe it as if he's looking down a well. And so I, I got yes. where they were going with it. No, here's what I'm, I'm complaining about. He can fall down a well that's like nondescript. He can't fall down a descriptive, like there's like there's like caverns and like cutouts of these columns as if the room is that tall. It's not that tall. I see what you mean. I guess like, I didn't it, perceive it, it that way. Make it dreamlike, like make that blurry and then all of a sudden a room comes into focus. Right, right. That's what I'm mad about. It's a really dumb thing to be mad Interesting. about. I mean, again, I don't think that that's something that you, you know, I don't think you need to call it dumb. Thank you. Don't be so hard on yourself. Thank you. I won't. I think I always imagined it as like the room had been stretched up. So it wasn't that the room oh, was actually okay. that tall. That's, it's like, yes. oh, the room is average height, but for whatever reason, we're seeing it form way up here. So like mm-hmm. force perspective and other He's... graphic design words that, you know, make things look different sizes than what they actually are. And that's fine, but I, I like I I want that too. I want to believe that like okay, it just it wasn't really like that. But then he lands and he looks up, almost like he's like I guess I, I guess he would look up. That'd be your first instinct. But he almost looked up as if like wow, it's a very long tall room <laughs> wow, that this I'm is in. A very tall room. <laughs> it's a dumb. That's a dumb complaint. Okay, anyway, but anyway, yeah. So he falls backwards into the scene. Sure. Um. So, but as we know, as people who have watched this movie and read the books and or or either or, I guess is the word I'm trying to say. Either or. We are in a courtroom watching the trial of Igor Karkaroff, who is throwing out names that he knows from his old alliances to try to reduce and get him released from his sentence, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, this courtroom setup, I said, truly gives me anxiety. I hate the stacks of paper that are surrounding the cage that he's cranked up into. So, okay. I've never been a fan of this like medieval torture-looking device that they used here. <laughs> I think the simplicity of having 
the Dementor guards like bring the people in and out of the room, which is what happens in, in the book. Mm -hmm. um, because we, in the book, you see multiple scenes rather than just this one. You see Karkaroff's, you see Bagman's trial, and then you also see the Lestrange and Crouch Jr. his trial. And here yes. they kind of condense that into one, obviously. Yeah. However, I do appreciate the chaotic state of the courtroom. I know what you're saying that you hate it because it makes you uncomfortable. Yes, but <laughs> my anxiety, yes. I <laughs> think that it's a good reflection of what a mess it must have been to clean up after something like the Wizarding War, to try and sort through like, oh, okay. oh, this person gave this name and so his sentence was reduced and this person was under the imperious curse who by this person and then that's the only reason he acted this way and we have evidence of that with based on this testimony like it just it, i like this you can't even you're, imagine you're almost saying like this is like he's one in a series that's coming oh absolutely day. absolutely okay. i okay that really actually makes me feel better like yes that's of course, that's how i always look around. at it yeah okay okay i do like that again back to what i'm probably gonna always say throughout the series of this podcast i can't believe i watched this movie on dvd on a shitty box set i haven't seen like the details i never understood that they were cranking those like daggers in yeah. this weird medieval cage towards his neck i always thought they were like just like securing the cage I, I never could actually probably see the detail that there's little arrows that are pointing like at him yeah i i mean it's terrifying horrible i'm just like i just oh. i don't think it's necessary it's, it's very <laughs> weird especially considering we're at a wizard trial why are we manually cranking in anything why don't yeah. we just I did okay, so I did write. So my only book pitch really from this moment actually is I kind of would have preferred the chair, the chair that they sit in, that the shackles come up and automatically lock them into, because it would have uh -huh. been a cool callback for five when he goes to a courtroom and he could have seen the same courtroom setup in in movie five and sat right, in the same exactly. chair that he's afraid is going to shackle him. We don't we don't do that. That's not. We don't even call back to. We just oh no. Just that. It's like well that kind of. That could have been kind of cool. I mean, so the we, room is similar, but there's literally nothing else similar. <laughs> right. No, and it just kind of made it cool even for, like, say, a moviegoer that didn't see or didn't read any of the books. Because, like, oh, shit, I remember this courtroom from the last right. movie where everybody sits in a chair and the chair they get shackled to. It would have been a very kind of cool, easy callback, and they just eh, skipped it. We, yeah, we I wanted the this. chairs and the dementors, not this weird, creepy cage that they have them in. But yeah, I never noticed this, this torture chamber thing that he's like cranked up into too. I don't think I've ever noticed that he's like cranked up into the courtroom. Yeah, like <laughs> it's like, it's a weird choice. Like I like, crank him into place, I guess. With the but the one of the day you're supposed to do. Like I thought by magic they would clump into his neck if he tried to escape. I guess, but that we're manually cranking them. In. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Why yeah, didn't... I'm I, I'm with you that they should have just used the chairs. I, I would have liked the chair, but anyway. Um, um, so Karkaroff begins to offer names, starting with Rosier, who they say is dead. Evan Rosier. Uh, Moody leads into Dumbledore and says, took a chunk of me with him. And I said, I'm sorry, Moody looks good by comparison here. Am I on crack? Um, I actually said they didn't age him down enough. He looks like he's just a few years younger than like present but day 1995. Well, it's like uh, combed, yes. I agree admittedly. with you. Like his skin looks kind of like Like he kind of looks just as chiseled and weird and fucked up and shit. But like he, he looks healthier. Probably because it's actually him. Yes, also that. Maybe that makes right. sense. And but I mean, I just I think even just comparing him to Dumbledore, Dumbledore looks decades younger. Oh, and you thought so? Moody, yes, absolutely. Oh. Maybe it's just the glasses. I don't know. He has got he's got a different wig. It's 
I feel like he definitely looks younger and Moody looks like this could have been a couple of months ago before he went on a drinking binge. <laughs> but yeah. I digress. There's okay. a lot of weirdness like surrounding Moody's age anyway. Like we discovered a couple of episodes ago that he was only 37 when he died. I did another deep dive into this. I mean, so essentially what that means is that in this courtroom scene, we can assume that this courtroom scene took place somewhere between 1981 and whatever, 1985, within, you know, the few years after Voldemort's fall. So even, so say it was 1981, which no, it wasn't 1981. At the very earliest, it would have been like 1982. Okay. So he was 37 when he died in 1997. So if we take 10 years off of that, he'd be... 27 and then if we take another five years off of that he'd be like 22 in this scene sorry <laughs> yeah again went on another deep dive and there there is a discrepancy um there are some sources that say because his his birth date is unknown it just says before 1961 and so a lot of people take like 1961 as, as his birth year or 1960 sure. Sure. Um, because it just says before then um, nice. there yeah. is another whole thread of like school of thought that say he's like 10 years older than that that he was 48 when he died which still to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he's supposed to be retired like most people are not re you know in 1990 <laughs> most people were not retiring at 45 years old still not yeah so yeah um he looks good i think he should look younger than he does yes um and he's not supposed to have his eye his magic eye yet but i'm sure that they did that just so he was easily identifiable for the squibs yeah this courtroom scene is it's odd i think you're right when you're saying that it's like probably in one in a series because it does feel like dumbledore is almost like irritated to be there yeah, they all like, feel like, oh my god, okay, we've let's been go. over this. Yes. It's Especially when he too. brings up Snape. Yes, I wrote that. I'm like, I'm so, so we'll get to that. But it, it's it's a weird, I don't know that I paid that much attention to this scene in the past. Because I'm just like, there's kind of a lot here that I don't think I really realized in the past. Yeah. Which, speaking of a lot here, didn't know this, he throws out um, Augustus Rookwood, which he says Rockwood, and then for some reason Crouch says Rookwood. I don't know who's right. Um, they said from the Department of Mysteries, and he's actually passing information to uh, the Dark Lord from inside the Ministry itself. And I said, oh, shit, uh, Rita Skeeter is in the scene. Oh, you didn't know that she was there? Yeah, no. that's her. That's her in the corner taking her little notes. We have definitely like gone like, oh, no, Rita's not in this. But like, yeah, she is. She was actually in the last scene. She was in uh, the second task. She was in the background kind of floating around because all of a sudden there's like a picture flash from the photographer at the um, platform mm. and she's oh, just that's right like you sent me that her. yeah so i sent you a screenshot because i'm like i'm sorry damn rita does kind of show up but she like doesn't really speak i think anymore the rest of this movie i think that's what our problem was she's just kind of like a background character but at this moment she does like a kind of a oh shit and she's writing down her little notes about rookwood i'm like yes okay. and Ooh, it's kind of a waste again she's... they've condensed this so much um but that's yeah. who ludo bagman was passing information to was augustus brookwood dang you are right he said i just talked to him like always oh shit you're so right 
Yeah, they do that in these movies. We've talked about this before. They're like, we'll give you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they. I get it. They it, had to. It, they didn't. I, I mean, I do. I do too. I do get it. Just, there was. There's just way too much. But we did throw Rita into this, which I do love. And I actually love the last scene. We didn't talk about it, but she's like wearing a great outfit in that too. I'm like, damn, like we spent money on Rita's outfits. <laughs> like Rita never speaks again. <laughs> and we did not give her her very cool story <laughs> that she has. I, I do really appreciate uh, Predlegs. I think that's how you say his name. The actor Ooh. who plays uh, Karkaroff. I think his name is pronounced Predleg. Oh, he's good. Serbian. Um, oh, is he really? So, he's yes. kind of like so British in the scene. I was like, is he putting on an accent? He's Czech and Serbian, and so I, I'm. I apologize if I'm botching that name. If someone can correct me, that would be very cool. Uh, <laughs> but I love his performance here. This like absolute like desperate character. Um, he's who on is the completely sure. self-serving yeah. and just doing absolutely anything that he can. I think that he gives a really nice performance here. He does. He actually feeds it to like the audience very well. Like he like builds up and builds up this anticipation. Um, so and yeah, like he is getting more and more desperate. So he throws out Snape's name, and Dumbledore stands up to defend him. Like you kind of talked about, it kind of feels like a weary kind of attitude in this scene. Like I said, Barney Senior nods his head wearily at this information that yeah, sure Snape was a Death Eater, and Dumbledore's already defended him, and he repeats, "I've already defended him. He's no more a Death Eater than I am." Um, I said, this is where Karkaroff kind of loses his shit, screaming that it's a lie, that Snape is still faithful to Voldemort. Barty raps, I said, some form of a gavel and demands silence. What is this? I don't know. They use, I, I, it might be a thing of the Wizengamot, because doesn't mm. Fudge use, like, the same thing in Order of the Phoenix? Shit, does he? It's almost, it looks like almost like a little skull, but like a stamp, maybe? yeah it's like smaller than a baseball and it's yeah it's it's definitely some kind of a gavel it's something that's like carved into something i I, I, i'll look into that a little bit more next week but like i was just like i i get it like cool he's wrapping something but i'm like what what is it it felt to me like that um what that debate what was that debate we had in the second season where harry's um dipping into his inkwell and it looks like a hedgehog slash lion head (laughs) Like, we couldn't quite decide what that inkwell was. I don't remember this at all. We talked about it he, when, when he's writing to Tom in the diary. I know exactly what you're talking about, but Did I don't remember the was? inkwell. I'm betting no, because I don't remember it at all. <laughs> that's kind of what this felt like. I'm like, well, it's an object, and it's carved, and it's small? Could not tell you what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. Or I'll try the to world may never know. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Car- so he's asking for silence, and then Karkaroff saves his final name for this dramatic effect, like we said, reveals this one um, tortured Neville's parents, which actually we do flash to Harry. I think this is like the only time in this scene we flash to Harry, and he kind of looks shocked at like, oh shit, didn't know this information. And he throws out Barty Crouch Jr. Jr. <laughs> I said, meanwhile, Doctor Who stands up as this is happening. Because that's the first thing I recognize him from. I haven't watched Doctor Who, but I'm like, oh, it's Doctor Who. <laughs> like when he stood up. I think that that's what like 90% of the world knows him from. Like (laughs) people know David Tennant as Doctor Who. Okay. (laughs) So we see Doctor Who looks great. Um, Stand up. I said he's trying to casually kind of slip out, which I love. And he's like, okay, well, I've heard enough. I'm going to head on out. (laughs) Uh, That's Barty Crouch Jr. He tries to make a run for it. 
Moody sees him trying to run for it and sends him onto these I said, irresponsible paper stacks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he is apprehended, and I've never noticed. Um, I don't think I've noticed this part. He's raging at Karkaroff in the cage. I don't think I've ever seen that. And Karkaroff has like this grin on his face, like, "Yeah, fuck you, dude. I just put, like put you in the ground." I really don't like how completely insane Crouch Jr. comes off here. Like, he's uncomfortably unhinged to watch. Like, to the point that you could use a insanity defense. Because <laughs> he's just fucking foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog. It's, I, mm, I just... Here's what, here's what I'm guessing. It's like, we've kind of already alluded to this. I think we've even done, like, a flash to him prior to this of him getting like more and more uncomfortable the more names are coming out then he's like oh shit i gotta make my move i gotta go and then he gets caught and he's like fuck it and rages like that would make more sense we just to, like kind of fight going... back yeah but the like blah that he's doing is <laughs> like a, just plus i just i really a good way to describe it yeah i i just i don't know i really it, that's my book bitch for this chunk i i really prefer how this played out in the book where he's, he's like, like pleading crying. with his father yeah and that's when his father said you're no son of mine yeah uh, it's more dramatic it's more heart-wrenching and it's less fucking insane i'm with you on like he's he's like a little too far crazy rabbit dog is a good way to put it because he does like just go rah, rah. i was like okay we don't know you <laughs> we don't know why you're we don't even here. know you <laughs> It's even go here. <laughs> like mixed with his facial tick, it just really comes off that he's got something wrong with him. Which his facial tick, have you thought this before, or am I the only one that used to go through like, you know, Minnesota winters? It just feels like he has chaplets. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just licking his dry chaplets over and over again. It's like, bitch, get you some Carmex. I I get why they did it. Like it's a really obvious choice. Mm. To make it like, oh, he's moody. And he's snake-like, though. Is that what they're but, trying to do? Like a snake-like tongue lashing? Or like a tongue uh, darting? I never know. got that. Maybe. I, I always just thought it was because a facial tick is something that's easy to identify in someone. And so even someone that's, like, you know, disguised as someone else, you can still see their facial tick. Chap lips. Chap lips. Let's go His with that. dry. <laughs> Anyway, so he's he is apprehended um, and rages at Karkaroff like a crazy man. Then he's brought in front of Barty Crouch, his father, Barty Crouch Sr., and he does this weird tongue thing, the chap lips, with the whole, hello, father. And then um, he does the whole, you're no son of mine, and that's it. I just said Harry's face sucks out of the pen seat, and he falls back onto the floor to see Dumbledore just kind of chilling next to it. Yeah, just hanging out there. Just waiting for you to be done, I guess. <laughs> like, is this like... A VR experience, like I'll just wait till I take the goggles off. I mean, to be honest, this Dumbledore, these next few seconds, the way that Michael Gambon portrays him is much more in line with what I would actually like to see from the character of Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. um, absent of the fact that he doesn't look at Harry, but he does speak to him in a very like measured tone. He's not upset. He's saying, you know, curiosity is not a crime. Um, but he he veers away from what I want to see very quickly here. Uh, but yes. I do like this initial like line delivery when Harry comes right out of the pensive. This does feel more in line with Dumbledore's. He's like, hey, I'll let you know what's up. Here's how I feel about it. Here's some advice. 
I'm just gonna say a very even tempered and but yeah he does very quickly go into I just, oh, I just keep missing this thing he kind of feels like he's talking it to slips him. away like yeah it's like, oh, it's like okay. you should be again this guiding kind of figure in Harry's life that it, it sounds more like a conversation with a colleague I agree with yes. you yes yeah it doesn't I don't know but anyway, so yeah, he explains to Harry in the scene that that's a pensive he was just in that helps him sort out his thoughts to re-examine them and see if he overlooked something, some reason that all these horrible things have happened. Um, after he explains all this, uh, Harry throws out um, what happened to Barty Crouch Jr. again. Oh, I have to stop you. Did yeah. you peep the uh, Deathly Hollows symbol? Sorry, no. Where? So... Dumbledore walks away from the pensive and it's when he's saying that like something that I might have missed or, or something like that it slips away and he goes over like cabinet yeah yeah there is some unidentified device inside the cabinet that is a triangle or like a pyramid uh with a ball suspended in the middle of it mm -hmm. on a rod so it's a circle and a line Shut inside of the triangle mm -hmm. no Corey. They were trying to tell us already in Goblet of Fire what was coming. Dang, we are laying groundwork. See, that's why I like this movie. Like, this movie feels like we're getting into it. Like, the first three movies are so, like, kind of fun and kind of campy and, like, hey, we're kind of getting you into, like, here's the world you're in. And this is like, but here's what's going down. Shit, are you serious? I don't think I've ever noticed that. I noticed that he's, yeah. like, in front of, like, um, Again, I think it's it's Dumbledore's office. I'm like, oh, figurines. <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. you don't really pay attention to what's actually inside I, I of that. Definitely didn't. But oh, yeah, should. take a look at that. But yeah, then he goes and he sits in the corner like a yes. gr grumpy little toddler. And he does. I, he's, he like kind of Michael's little... lost me at this point. I'm like, <laughs> it's, no. It's why is he sitting in the corner? Why isn't he sitting at his desk? Why is he? whining to a 14 year old boy <laughs> he is he's like oh, i just can't find it anyway that kind of feels like like an old person being like i can never find my keys it's like okay well put them in the same spot then like i don't know um it was well, it, i don't know kind of an yeah. odd moment but anyway harry throws out and he asks what happened to barty crouch jr and like we said last week it could have been cool if he could just have thrown out you know his wife actually died around the same time so they buried the body he could have just said a body at whatchamacallit at uh what's it called azkaban mm -hmm. <laughs> they could it's like just like a just sort of a hey because i think they do in this movie they say i think they're missing a prisoner at the end so they make it sound like he should have still been in azkaban they say right. like something yep. like send an owl to azkaban yep. they're missing a prisoner i'm like we could have cleared that up right now and said he died in prison or and his yes. mother died around the same time. Hello. There we go. We got our fucking explanation. Anyway, but we just, we didn't bother. Um, And we actually don't get any explanation of how he escaped. No. Which Not was such a film. big fucking deal in movie three. Like, nobody's ever done it. Well, I guess everybody could just fucking walk out of Azkaban because we're not going to explain it. Dumb. Um, so at this point, Harry explains to Dumbledore the dreams that he's had. He said over the summer, but then he does say, then Dumbledore asks you if he had the same one. He goes, yeah, every time. Because it's not just over the summer. But anyway, um, he explains right, to Dumbledore. But also, like, like, they're not the same every time, but whatever. No. Yeah, I was like, this is such a weird moment. Like, should have been very helpful to Dumbledore. And it kind of was, like, glazed over. Like, oh, yeah, it happens a lot. Um, but yeah, he explains to Dumbledore that he had the dream about um, Barty Crouch Jr., you know the whole and 
it sounds like me explaining my dreams every day. Voldemort was there. It wasn't quite human, but also there's a fire. Yeah. There was a muggle. Well, he was dead, but actually, but I was kind of a snake, but I wasn't. Like it sounds like me explaining dreams every day. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so explains there's a Dumbledore, and Dumbledore, I said, um, tells him tells him basically like to disregard the dream, but I said, but almost painfully looks like he's adding to the pensieve. He kind of yeah, cringes. Yeah, this like withdrawal of this memory is it does you're right it looks like it's painful i don't think it should be i don't think it should be yeah no i don't think it should be i think it's supposed to be a choice just like when snape was crying out tears of he's dying like and the memories are coming with it he's like take them take them like right. it's something that would have already been there take oh it felt weird it felt weird that it was painful to him i'm like yeah okay anyway as with the Pensieve, and I think all that comes to the surface is a picture of Barty Crouch Jr. That's it. Yes, it is. Okay. So we're done uh, with this scene, because next we see Harry, I said, in the staff quarters again? Is yes, teacher's <laughs> corridor. We found it. <laughs> this is where we've decided that this is, right? Because, like, it does look very, like, it actually is, like, better lit this time, so we can actually see more of the tapestries. I'm like, this is a beautiful little section of Hogwarts. Like, I kind of want to like fuck around and walk in here because the portraits are very beautiful and ornate and the tapestries are pretty faculty and staff only <laughs> yeah apparently but harry's been in here multiple times he's just strolling through anyway yes. whatever so we have like a door fly open because we hear karkaroff complaining to snape he says it's a sign snape 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 or severus, severus. i'm not sure I don't know. He yells at him. <laughs> He's like, it's a sign. And the door flies open because his name's trying to get him to get the fuck out. And Harry sees the dark mark tattoo on Karkaroff and he tries to walk away. I said, as Rasputin storms off. Um, Full Snape, on Rasputin. <laughs> but Snape calls Potter back. He says, why, why, why are you leaving so quickly? Why are you in a hurry? And he tries to accuse him. He says, oh, your performance of the Black Lake was inspiring. Gillyweed. Not an herb found in your everyday garden. And I just love his a little pantry. <laughs> It's a pantry, but also like, okay, let's just, let's surmise here that this is the actual staff quarters. This is where they all live and sleep and whatever. Why are you in a closet talking to Karkaroff? It's his store cupboard. Talk anywhere else. And also maybe keep your fucking voice down then. Like if you're trying to be like quiet in the storeroom with all of his ingredients, keep your voice down. Stop yelling about a dark mark tattoo, weirdo. Well, the kids aren't supposed to be there because it's the staff quarters. It doesn't. Matter. It is Hogwarts. There are people everywhere out of town. They are fucking in alcoves. We talked about this. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so <laughs> so Snape calls him back and is like, whatever. Kind of accuses him of stealing this gillyweed. Then he says, you know, it's fine. It's innocuous stealing um, boomslings in right he's like but lace wing flies or whatever no whatever. he's accusing harry of um stealing ingredients for um polyjuice potion he does it in a weird way by saying <laughs> as is this unique little thing instead of um gillyweed he pulls out veritas serum which i feel like wouldn't be in like a really high up shelf in this tiny ass bottle am i right I don't know. Big, we don't know whose organization's system. <laughs> Which is what I'm saying. All these people need me to come into Hogwarts and make things more organized. Oh my God. Organize a courtroom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How do you know that they don't make sense? Don't. Maybe if they're categorized. Around, no, maybe like, they are categorized by their level of danger. Maybe they're categorized by how long it takes to make them. Maybe they're categorized by color or bottle shape. <laughs> 
they can't be by bottle shape because there are huge bottles around <laughs> it and there's this tiny little fucking thing like if this thing is so potent it shouldn't be amongst the big i all right my ocd <laughs> i think is ugh, more intense than i realize all right Oof. i think so point of the scene is Snape is accusing Harry of stealing ingredients from his private store to make Polyjuice Potion. He's going to prove it. And if he can't prove it, he's threatening Harry with, I'm going to dump the spiritual serum into your morning pumpkin juice to make you admit it. And I said, for the second time in this 10, ch- ten minute chunk, um, Harry gets a door slammed in his face by a faculty member. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it is damn. kind of a thing. Two professors are like, yo, um, get out. <laughs> I really love. Alan's delivery here like I know I keep talking about the actors um instead of the characters but I I I love this moment between Alan and uh Daniel Uh, I think they both do a really yeah give a really great performance there it's very good intense scene and we are just kind of laying it down as a a background informational kind of scene so I guess I should stop obsessing (laughs) they're you know they're setting up where Crouch Jr. was getting his supplies to make his year-long, you know, supply of polyjuice potion. Um, Without giving us the scene we talked about where he would have been in Snape's office searching around the night that Harry fell through the step. I follow you now. Okay. And this scene does take place in the book, not exactly like this, but Snape does accuse Harry of it. And there's a moment... um, because there's some line about how he's technically not lying because he never stole the polyjuice potion ingredients to begin with, even back in Chamber of Secrets. Hermione stole them. Oh, right. And so he says there's some there's some line in there about how he isn't technically lying. Okay, I'll give you that. It's a fine short little scene, but <laughs> again, my OCD just isn't like the <laughs> the organization, but I'll let it go. So slams that door in his face, poor Harry. I said, then we're just in the next scene with the band playing, our children band, um, playing for the final task. Uh, they're in the stands being directed by Flitwick. And actually this one I was okay with because at least, Corey, they had horns Listen, and a drum that played on beat. So I'm like, oh. I get this fucking fanfare stuck in my head at least two to three times a month. <laughs> it's very catchy. It's very obnoxious. <laughs> I don't. I, and it just doesn't go away. Like it days at a time. Just bum bada bum 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 bada bum bum bada bum bum Like I loved I played trumpet for many many years. You know that about me. I loved being in brass ensemble and so this fanfare was my shit. Like this is the kind of stuff I loved to play. So that's probably why it gets stuck with me. Um, no, but, it is, but it's also just very catchy, and you're like, oh, what an exciting like time we're about to be in. Like, but there's a dark association that you have with it later. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I love the like school spirit feeling, the very pep rally type shit that's going on. I dig that. I referring back to Flitwick again. He was just one busy son of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> he has to teach every so student much. in the castle. He's not like Hooch, who teaches one class literally like one singular session and distillery one yeah and runs a distillery if you listen um, to prior episodes she is running a distillery she's anyway. a bootlegger anyway told you uh but yeah but, he does everything he does charms yeah. for the entire goddamn school and choir and band and the orchestra yep what? he does he's he's one biz and listen when i tell you that i 
I worked with a lot of music educators. I worked with a lot of different educators uh, in my life, and they are already the busiest teachers. <laughs> so I feel for him here. Absolutely. But he looks good. His makeover, you know, damn. Yeah. He lost about 100 years. (laughs) With a beautiful head of hair now instead of a weird, fuzzy, yeah. The next note in this section, I said, I'm sorry, why does Amos run out first? That is my exact next note. Like, why does Amos get to run out and rev up the crowd? Like, no other champions have family present. Well, I guess Flora's little sister is there, but like. Okay. Why is he frolicking about? So why and, is he like, allowed here? What's going on? I what's happening? Why? <laughs> so what's much. going on? It's it's bizarre. It's like to remind us like he has a father. Well, guess what? These other kids do too, except for Harry because he's dead. But like <laughs> these other kids have parents. Why are they? <laughs> I think that it was a uh, all the other champions have someone to like send them off into the maze. Sure. And so they were like, oh, we'll just bring it. We'll just bring his dad in. We already had to talk to his dad earlier in the movie. So it, it's fine. It's fine, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it whatsoever. does not. But I just said, OK, moving forward. Uh, all the champions enter looking excited um, into like the opening area, the clearing. Except for Harry is it who just looks terrified. And actually Dumbledore looks very concerned as well. Yes, he, he looks like he's like checking the roofs for snipers. Yeah, he's not happy, which I. Yeah do not blame him um well yeah i mean barty crouch just died oh yeah he knows something's up he's like on hogwarts grounds like there was just a murder on hogwarts grounds i'm not down for this uh anyway so harry let's go on into the suicide mission um i had never known i wrote dumbledore gets up to the front he says sonorous yes all right on episode 967 of Andrea heard something wrong. I thought it was silence. I thought he was projecting the word ah, silence. Yes, he's saying the spell that amplifies his voice. With captions on, sonorous is an amplifying charm. Silence in my mind. <laughs> and I was like, well, see the big girl. Well, I mean, he does do that at the beginning of the movie. Right. And actually, Barty Crouch in the last scene, when he's wrapping the thing, he says silence. So I'm assuming everybody's just yelling silence in this movie. There you go. It's all good. So he's explaining to the crowd that Professor Moody put the cup deep inside the maze and the champs have to get through it to find it. And I said, I'm sorry. And for once, they're going to have staff patrolling the perimeter to make sure these kids don't die. But that was a nice detail for the final task. Yeah. Right. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> hey, we thought we'd check on him this time. But also, like, <laughs> Only if they ask for help. So, like, if they are, you know, trampled by a blast ended screw it and, and can't send up red sparks, they're fucked. <laughs> because we can't see them. Because once again, we have a completely boring spectator experience. Right. Like, this is, this is why it needed to be on the Quidditch pitch. So you could see down into the maze. Is from it not? the. No! Where are we? It's just in some like weird semicircle stands, and then the the wall of the maze, the hedge, literally seals up behind the champions. So, oh my god, you're right. All the spectators are just looking at a wall of hedge. <laughs> like, also, that's wait, it. You just put it out something else too. The stands are way smaller. Yeah. Right. The first uh, one we get that I, huge uh, mega complex with the dragons. Then we have the three giant mega stands for the 
second task looking at the lake this feels very small doesn't they it? do have a shot from like behind dumbledore where he's looking up at the stands and they do look pretty large but i will give you that they probably seem a little bit smaller than the like especially the first task do you think they all followed your league your lead and <laughs> they're like you know what you're i wouldn't that. go what are they gonna see even worse than this one they're just gonna look at fucking hedges exactly you're just gonna <laughs> stare at the hedge i'm so mad that you're right about a this couple of hours later everybody comes out and one of them is dead oh, no idea what the fuck happened there's even a line in the book i, I don't remember which uh, it's probably five but i think it's ron says something like you know you guys just you disappeared into the maze and then you came back and he was dead like nobody yes. knows what happened in there Shit, you are so damn. This thing is blowing my But yeah, imagine being a spectator for the Triwizard Tournament, <laughs> and this is what you get to do. The I'm dragon, <laughs> admittedly, the dragon, super exciting until it flies away. Right, interactive, sure, sure, sure. Then everybody's gonna be in a lake that you can't see down into, and then everybody's gonna be in a maze that you also can't see into. Great, super fun. This has been. I'm gonna skip Triwizard tournament uh i'm gonna take a bath in the prefix bathroom <laughs> i'm gonna sneak on in there and use it shit all right all right all right damn this movie okay this podcast makes me rethink so many things okay you're right weird 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 so dumbledore then addresses the champions and he kind of I just summarized it with shit's about to get real inside the maze because it's gonna kind of fuck with their reality i um, don't love the dialogue here first of all it does kind I, of imply that the maze is always the third task like yeah. the way he talks about it is like the maze changes you like girl what have you how done do you this know? before how do you yeah. know good point that's a very good point and i you know he says right from the beginning like you'll find no dragons or creatures from the deep but like no there are a lot of creatures in there There's actually a lot of fucked up creatures you have to get past he doesn't he, and we don't but, see well we don't they them. yeah they don't really exist in the film oh, i wish we could have it's pretty Phoenix. much them just like fighting against the hedge <laughs> I wish we could have had the Sphinx. The Sphinx? That or the cool. Boggart? Or the Upside or Down World? The Upside Down Gold Mist? Anything. We kind of the get Blast Ended Screw It? Like, Scru hello? Are you saying Screw It? Screw It. I call it Screw It. Are it we not like saying screw. the same thing? Screw It? Screw It. Yeah, see, I'm putting an unidentified vowel between the W. You're saying Screw w. It. <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm like, you're saying Screw It. Weird. Anyway. But yeah, none of those. No, we don't get any of the good stuff in this. We really don't. It's a very like kind of brief task. Yeah. But we have all of next week to talk about that. Thank God. Yeah. But I don't understand why they're all wearing pajamas. It, it almost okay. Here's what bothers me too about like the task outfits. They don't feel like they match. Like the first one, kind of. They all kind of look kind of like a like a tracksuit. Yeah right like mm -hmm. we're tracksuit we're going in second task we have the boys kind of wearing similar outfits and then we have poor Fleur in a one piece she can't wear anything that's like more body protecting like you know a wetsuit no heaven forbid sleeved. yeah god forbid we should have our fucking nipples you know edited out because you'd be nipping out it's cold as shit um and then this it's one too scotland in february yes absolutely <laughs> there's that and then this one like just kind of felt like okay we're just freestyling wear what you want it's the last one did you roll out of she, bed and come to floor full-on looks like she's in a juicy couture sweat yeah. suit track suit 
Is that what you're upset about? They just they just look like they're wearing pajamas. Like All four of them. Leisurely stroll. <laughs> like athleisure moment, which okay, <laughs> maybe they started they started the athleisure movement. Anyway, let's wrap okay. this up. So at this point, after Dumbledore does his like pep talk for them, the champions line up to enter. Like you said, they just kind of enter all at the same time. It doesn't really matter. He even says like something about the, our, our champions, uh, Cedric and Harry being in first and second place or tied for first or whatever, but it doesn't matter for the entrance. Right. It, they have no, it, it doesn't give them any advantage like it does nope. in the book. No. And I said, and we get the ever hilarious quote unquote gag of Filch firing the cannon early oh on the count of three again stop making filch happen it doesn't it's not funny you're so great uh so the fucking cannon goes off uh moody claps harry on the shoulder and harry turns to enter the maze and that's where we end we're gonna get into the maze in the next week's episode so. the maze so that chunk of just so much nonsense <laughs> so much stuff in this chunk that i just like i I kind of like taking this apart. Um, yeah, I will say though, like I we got to the end of this, the fanfare at the beginning of the third task, and I literally went, "Wait, what? We're at the third task?" It, it yes, for the first time. Like, like the Ooh. second and third task are less than ten minutes apart in the movie. Yes. We we clipped them wild. Along. Yeah, which like in the book, it's very far apart. It's months. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, Months oh, go by. <laughs> and we are here. Don't worry about Hogwarts or the lessons or the students from other schools. <laughs> Third task, we're done. Okay. We're going. Boy, boy. Anyway, so for this chunky chunky chunk, what would you keep? Like a pensieve in a moving cabinet. Mm, we love a moving cabinet. <laughs> we move back in. Um, I'm going to keep Alan and Predrag's performances i hope i'm saying that even kind of correctly red drag i can't pronounce anything so um, <laughs> i think they both did just a, a really they delivered some really great scenes yeah i mean alan always does alan as a god but mm. anyway um what about you what are you keeping in your closet pensive <laughs> closet speaking of the pensive i would keep dumbledore's office as always yes. i love it I love all the gadgets, but actually specifically, this candy holder. <laughs> With a little, you you have to zoom in on it. It's like a dragon. I'm going to. I'm, as soon as we end this call, I am going it's to. It's so cute. Like, I'm like, I kind of want this for my house. Just like, I'm like, oh, would you like a peppermint? Get it out of my dragon candy holder. <laughs> there you go. It's amazing. Okay, but what would you, <laughs> this is rude. Slam like a door in Harry Potter's face <laughs> and keep out of the scene. Um, <laughs> twice. I'm going to cut the mean candy and the pajamas. <laughs> the pajamas I'm okay with because maybe it's cold, but the, the mean licorice, that just seems wrong. Nobody um, likes licorice to begin with. Like, not black licorice, not tiny black licorice, and not tiny black licorice that can fucking eat your finger. Yeah, no, absolutely not. What are you going to slam in Harry's face? The stacks of irresponsible paper in the courtroom. I knew it. <laughs> Those should be organized. I knew it was either the... They should be separated. They I should... knew it was either the fucking papers or the bottles. <laughs> Something needs to be organized in this world, okay? I'm not about the paper. I'm not about the stacks of paper. I'm not about the bottles. You guys, I will come in as a consultant and I will help you organize, but this is a no. It's a no for me. Valid. Anyway. Okay, but anyway... <laughs> 
All right. Do you have an unanswerable question this week? I do have a probably unanswerable question. I'd like uh, to offer a... one soon. Absolutely. By all means. I do I not have to be have the one who... who in the uh, Brian, days where I'm Brian actually sent something. a really brilliant one like last Brian week. Brian did? Yeah. That I was Our like... from the Yule Ball. Yes. Him. Okay. That guy. He sent a really great one. And I was like, I need to write that down because Please. I don't know. Um but it's more applicable. He was reading book seven, so it'll be oh. for a few seasons from now. Gotta, gotta get it. Okay. Um, my probably unanswerable question this week is, well, I mean, really just the Pensieve in general. I have so many questions about it, but mm. is it one of a kind? Oh, do you think multiple people like have one? Like a... Right. Like, is it something like a cauldron that you can go Is it like get? a Weasley clock that's specific to a household? Right, like this only exists in the office, the headmaster's office at Hogwarts. Because the only other times that it's referenced, which it is referenced a lot, I shouldn't say it as if it's not a lot, um, but it is used in Snape's office. He takes it's on his desk, mm. um, but it is clear that it is the same one from Dumbledore's office. So it's not like Snape has his own. <laughs> You know what? I want to say that it is kind of a unique object because they say that there's ancient runes in the book carved around yeah. the, the outside, which makes it kind of a rare artifact, like a Goblet of Fire, which like not everybody has a fucking Goblet of Fire. So I want to right. say that it is kind of specific and it's specific to it's specific to Dumbledore, who is somebody who has like a lot of goings on in his head, Ministry Matters and the Hogwarts Matters and stuff and like wizarding you know world. easily one of the most brilliant minds in yes. wizarding world who would really benefit from this kind of like um who's his partner for the alchemy stuff nicholas flamel yes like i feel like this is kind of like a very specific thing for him of like here's a great mind that would need something to kind of help sift out his thoughts i want to yeah. say i want to say it's unique i don't know what do you think um that was definitely where my head was at, that it is unique. Um, I did do some research. Please. Um, and while they are not unique, they are incredibly rare mm. for a few different reasons. Um, the biggest one is that only the most advanced wizards can ever use them. Uh, it's apparently not easy to do. This is taken off of uh, Pottermore, by the way. Um, so I didn't have to look very far. Um, and some of these words are not my own, just so that nobody comes at me. Um, I am reading from a source, and that's what the source is. Well, um, we're coming with things that everybody has talked about probably for years. So. Right. And well, so it's basically because the majority of Wizarding Kind is like afraid to use it as well. Um, because you have no privacy. You know, somebody else can see... Your you know, thoughts. maybe something that you're trying to hide. Um, but what this said was that even more difficult than re the recreation of memories is the use of a pensive to examine and sort thoughts and ideas in the way that Dumbledore does. Um, and that very few wizards have the ability to do so. Now, we know that similar magic is used like for example in the fantastic beasts film when they're about to be executed um mm. they do kind of extract some kind of memory and toss it into a lake similar magic but yeah so not an entirely unique but very rare 
something cool that I, that was added on there is that traditionally a witch or wizard's pensive, like their wand, is buried with them as it is considered an intensely personal artifact. Um, and any thoughts or memories left inside the pensive are likewise interred with their owner unless he or she has requested otherwise. And then, very cool, um, the Hogwarts pensive does not belong to an individual, but belongs to the school. It's been used uh, by a long line of headmasters and headmistresses who have also left behind their experience in the form of memories. Really? So it, it's kind of tied to, you know, the portraits um, inside the headmaster's office that he often consults with, he or she will often consult with on major issues or major decisions. Um, yeah, it forms an invaluable library of reference for the headmaster or headmistress of the day. Very cool. The last like very cool thing that I learned, I'll stop saying very cool. Um, interesting fact about it is that the Hogwarts Pensieve is made of ornately carved stone and is engraved with modified Saxon ruins, which mark it as an artifact of immense antiquity that predates the creation of the school. And one unsubstantiated legend says that the founders discovered the pensive half buried in the ground in the very spot where they decided to erect their school, which the, the, that's where this source ends. But that is kind of begs the question, with whom was it initially buried? Because we just learned that it's usually interred with their owner. Eek. So if it was like buried in the ground, who did they steal from? I don't know. Cool. It's very cool. And it's just kind of like, it feels to me like another line of very um, specific and very unique objects to Hogwarts, like the Mirror of Arison. Absolutely. Like it's a very like, this is here for a reason. It's protected by the school for a reason. It brings knowledge. It brings ability. It brings, you know, clarity or whatever with this object. Like treat it carefully. Maybe like a museum wouldn't, or like dark wizards wouldn't. So it's it's a very specific, cool, private object, which I like. I like also the it. kind of thing that like most people are not going to own because most people don't have use for something like that. No, now we just have a cloud that has all of our thoughts and texts and emails. Oh and... boy, that's a dark road. We <laughs> nope, we don't have time for that one tonight. Anyway, uh, so follow us in all the places: Instagram, uh, mm -hmm. YouTube, and the TikTok. Instagram probably the most important. You're going to get the most information there about when episodes are posted and what is in them, including movie minutes, um, the movie minute markers. Now I'm doing the same thing that I was just coming at you for. Um, <laughs> just all the stuff. Like it's just you guys. You know, you know where to find us. Yeah. Follow us, us, us rate, and review, subscribe, and most importantly, we'll see you next week. Absolutely, I'm going to see you next week. Your beautiful little face and talk about more good stuff. Peace out, home skillet. Okay, I love you. Bye. Bye. Do we know side went side? What happened to the first guy? Did he die? Was it really like an old little person? It's the same actor. No, no, the first one. It's the same the actor. Are you shitting me? They just made Warwick Davis look younger. Uh huh. It's still him from movie, really? Uh -huh. Yes, the same actor it's plays- It's him the whole time. The whole time? The whole time! <laughs>
oh my god oh i didn't I really didn't really, i thought you were joking i thought you meant like he got an upgrade because he oh shit no there was something about how flitwick didn't like flitwick the character didn't have a speaking role in chamber of secrets and so they made that actor why am i blanking on his name you just said it Warwick Davis. Um, yes into this like choir director and people just assumed that he was flitwick mm-hmm. and so they just leaned into it they're like oh yeah flitwick <laughs> also does this and now he Shit. looks like this instead of looking like that huh blows my mind okay